<sighs> okay, here we go. My guest on this episode is Tim Wagoner, also known as Lucho, and he lives a handful of miles outside of, or more aptly, above Boulder, Colorado. Tim raced as a professional triathlete, placing top 12 at the Hawaiian Ironman World Championships. He also won the USA National Ironman Championships back in 2004 and was the U.S. Triathlete of the Year back in 2000. After retiring from triathlon anyway, Tim dove headfirst into ultra racing and had his first race as an ultra runner in a 50-mile trail race that he won and broke the course record. So yeah, Tim's a bit of a badass. He also went on to place 6th at the Leadman 100 and was the overall winner of the Leadman series in 2012. And in this episode, he joins me to talk about how his training and racing has changed since then, now that he's approaching 50, just like me. So my name is Brock Armstrong, and please welcome Tim Wagoner to Second Wind Fitness. But before we get started... As you've probably noticed, this podcast is no longer in production, but there are so many people who are still listening to each episode and reaching out to me for advice and help and support that I've decided to keep the dream and this podcast alive, which means I'm paying a few maintenance fees out of my pocket. And I don't mean to make this sound like a woe is me kind of affair, because it is indeed a pleasure to have created something that is being appreciated. But... If you felt so inclined, you could go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee to, yes, as it sounds, buy me a virtual coffee. And since coffee is easily my biggest vice, I'm what you would call a coffee snob, if you buy me a coffee, I can pay my hosting fees with all the coffee money that I save. So win-win situation here. So go to brockarmstrong.com slash coffee and help keep this podcast and my fancy coffee habit alive. That's brockarmstrong.com slash coffee. Hey, Tim, it's birthday. It's birthday. Wait, no, it's coming up soon, though, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah, I'm not nearly as, as old as you, so. Not nearly. You're a good three weeks, weeks? behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are, who are listening, when we recorded this episode, I just turned 53 days ago. Yeah. And Tim's about to turn 50 in three Top. weeks. Yeah, ish. So... We are both coming at this whole fitness realm of life, or actually our entire life, really, but specifically we're going to talk about the fitness stuff from a, a new kind of perspective. It's interesting that like, when I turned 40, I was expecting to feel kind of different or be excited. And even 30, I remember when I turned 30, I was like, oh man, this is going to suck. Mm -hmm. And absolutely nothing happened. So going into 50, I actually changed my mindset and sort of framed it as being like excited about it are you feeling the same way is that is that what you, where you're sort of at sort of yeah yeah i don't feel like i i really got hit with age until probably mid 40s hmm. so yeah when i was 42 i was still doing a lot of big stuff not to go too deep into this we might go into it later but how you prepare for that is really important if you're sedentary and you don't exercise at all, 50 is going to hit you hard. Right. <laughs> and it's going to be difficult to, to correct after that. But if you go, you know, in your 40s or even your 30s, you're looking ahead and thinking, okay, you know, in 10 years, you know, what, how do I want to be? And preparing then um, really makes a big difference. And I think I took that attitude starting around 40, 42 maybe. But I wonder if that's the difference. I feel like I, did some similar stuff, but we both were training and racing at a reasonably high level at a pretty mm -hmm. darn high level for you mm -hmm. um, in those days. And I think that mindset of just wanting to be at your peak for racing and, and, and training and just setting that, setting that base mm -hmm. means that, yeah, you, it does bring on a different mindset. But the good news is, if anybody's out there listening going, oh, crap, like, does that mean you're oh, screwed? No, that's it not true. It definitely doesn't mean you're screwed. It's the degree of drop-off. It's, 
there's always ways to be better. If you're 65 and sedentary, you can do a lot to, to make your life better in the next 10 years. So, yeah, we always talk about just the, the plain fact or just the plain idea of losing 5% of your body weight. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many significant benefits that happen from just even like a small increment, like 5%. Yeah. And that kind of thing, like in the fitness world, in the weight loss world, in, in any, any of the, the health realms, mm. I think that's good news that people sometimes forget is when you're going from zero to nothing, it's really easy to see some big, big changes. Oh yeah. Suddenly within yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah. It, it's yeah. When, once you hit that age too, the, the very symptoms of aging are against you in both the, the muscle gain or retention and then weight loss like those are two significant symptoms of aging that's so. true and we should know because we're old as the hills now oh yeah <laughs> so we sort of alluded to it a, a bit there talking about how you were training and racing in like 10 12 15 years ago pretty darn hard i still but am can... i still am yeah <laughs> so yeah 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 never went away so, so what is your, your history as a, an endurance athlete? I know you kind of, you were always fit. You did a lot of running in school. I did my first running race when I was 11. So that would have been 1982. What distance was that? It was a mile. Okay. Um, and I, I did really well and I hadn't, I wasn't a runner. You know, I was 11. We didn't really have junior high grade school track team or anything like that. Uh, and then that was kind of the first like a hook that got me. Um, and then junior high and all through high school, I played every sport that they had, um, including vocal, <laughs> not a sport, but <laughs> that highly competitive. <laughs> I, I took vocal and band. Nice. Me too. Anyway, <laughs> but I, I really feel like lifting weights was sort of the, the foundation that set me up for life. Um, lifting weights from a very young age. Um, ah, interesting for an yeah. endurance athlete. That's uh that's, pretty unusual but well i can see what the reasoning is there sure sure so i mean in high school you don't really have endurance events you kind of do you have the two mile right yeah. <laughs> that was it but i was a 400 800 um guy uh and then in college um i made all american in the thousand which and what does that mean that all american i hear that phrase all the time in the country okay so as a Canadian, I'm always like, I don't know, is that just mean you ate a lot of hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. Burn. <laughs> Ooh, no, that's just, uh, totally true. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's top six in the country. Um, and okay. so that even in college, like I think the longest race I did was 5,000, which it's a long, it's a short endurance event. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until, well, okay. So I, I played football, had a, had collegiate scholarships to universities for football and track in high school and ended up going the track route and dropped out of school after about two years, ended up traveling to South America and up through the Caribbean nice. um, until I was 25. And then in a really weird coincidence of fate, I guess, um, found myself doing a triathlon. Um, in, in the Caribbean. You just magically found yourself doing a trial. I, it was kind of. How did I get here? <laughs> I was a smoker and a drinker, and we had a hurricane that devastated the island I lived on. Mm. And the bar that I was bartending at closed because we didn't have power. And so this guy asked me if I wanted to do some roofing jobs with him. And he ended up being a triathlete. And he heard. I told him, or we discussed about my, my collegiate running and he said, I should do it. Mm. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I borrowed one of his bikes and got third in the, in the triathlon. It was a really small local race. Yeah. Um, and much like when I was 11, I was just immediately hooked. And if you, you can see this, this pattern of addiction here, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I, I quit smoking, quit drinking, replaced that with swim, bike and run. <laughs> so, that is a, that's a pretty not, not common but it is a story that you hear it is common often and if you if you look for the subtleties and the hints you can see it more often if you know what you're looking for just in terms of of you know dopamine replacement is what i call it like where it, an addict is going to find a dopamine hit some way yeah um, whether that be gambling or 
drinking or drugs or sport or work, you know, <laughs> people who immerse themselves in an 80 hour a week right. stressful job are seeking something that's beyond that, um, that paycheck. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a fascinating topic, but not, <laughs> not one that we want to get into today. And to be honest, at the very beginning of this podcast episode, I gave basically the highlights of your professional triathlon career. So people are familiar with that. But around the time that we met, um, you were doing some pretty extreme stuff. And I feel like that actually really changed your approach and probably set you up for really the stuff that that we're getting into in this episode about turning 50 and getting older. So, um, oh, when when was that that you did those really long races and, and pretty much dominated? So nine years ago, uh, I did really well at those. And it, it sort of finished me off. It, there was this, this a particular race series that I did called the Lead Man, which was six races in... I'm going to get the numbers wrong. Yeah. Six races in, I think, eight weeks. Um, yeah, that sounds and, about right. And it involved a lot of stuff. <laughs> Ending, It culminated with a 100-mile run on the last week. And it, it sort of finished me for um, maybe five or six years. I just stepped completely back. And we also had our second child in 2009. And so I'm juggling you know, that and, and training. And, and I just walked away from everything and just started lifting weights yeah, and really becoming far more interested in what I was alluding to earlier in preparing for 50, 60, 70 years old. Right. And so I went from 139 pounds in 2012 to, I almost got 170 this last year. <laughs> <laughs> almost got 170. You, I think we were about the same height, about six feet. I'm 5'10". Yeah. So, um, yeah, I gained 20 pounds, lifted weights hard and started sprinting on the track as a master's. So I, I did a complete 180 from ultra running. Um, and the first race I did after the hundred mile was a hundred meters. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> you're a man of extremes, Tim. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's about it. And now I'm turning 50 and I'm I'm in the place that I want to be. Um, I'm very durable. I'm doing just as much intensity and volume as I've ever done. Um, the thing that I'm a little bummed about is that all that weight that I put on is gone now. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I'm really bummed. I, I'm 152. I was like, dang it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to let myself get below 150, though, I promise. Now, you earlier on, you you mentioned that you really fell in love with with lifting weights yeah. and sort of we both kind of alluded to the fact that that is likely part of what and you actually just said it made you so mm -hmm. durable as a as an athlete. Can you explain that a little bit for the listeners at home? Maybe don't understand how lifting weight could actually or lifting weights could actually contribute to an endurance athlete's durability. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that there's a misconception that that we lift weights. It's not a misconception. It's true that we lift weights to get strong. And we also lift yeah. weights to put on muscle. Those two are true. That's a loaded question. But anyway, there, there's also yeah. this factor involved that, that to me is the number one focus. And that's bone density and tendon strength and resiliency. Um, yes. And then also stability. It's So you can have huge quads, but weak knees. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Um, you could have <laughs> these giant pecs and shoulders, but your ankles are just really unstable. <laughs> right. And so I, when yeah. I lift weights, I look at it from that perspective alone. It's not, you know, how much weight am I lifting? I use that as a guide. Right. Um, but it, that's not the goal. And, and also looking in the mirror, I'm not looking to have huge pecs or big quads or whatever. What I'm looking for is, when I'm running hard and how stable are my ankles, knees, hips, pelvis, all those things. That's what I'm focused on there. Um, and from a, from, you know, starting lifting when I was probably 13, those are formative years physio physiologically um, with things like the Achilles tendon. So the Achilles tendon mm -hmm. is developing at that age. Uh, there's a core, 
not to go too deep into it, but there's a core that runs through the center of your Achilles. They've, they've researched it and determined that that stops growing at 18. And so hmm. if you stress it when you're young, that core is bigger and it's stronger. Yeah. And, and that's how a lot of tendons work. So in, and same with bone density, if you're 14 years old and you're going through puberty and you're loading power cleans and back squats and all these, these heavy loads, your bones are growing and under that stress. And yeah, long story short, I think, you know, continuing to do that all the way up until I lifted yesterday. That's, that's to me, when I tell people, if you can only do one thing as you get older, lift weights. If, if for some right. weird reason you can only do one thing, that's what I would have you do period. Um, and then also yeah. like the type of weightlifting that I've really gotten interested in is not the, the bro science barbell on your back crap. Like, I don't think that's necessary at all. <laughs> I think that's, that's ridiculous. It's pretty boring too. I, I enjoy it. I, I, I could be a gym rat. I could, I, yeah. I totally dig that, but I, I don't think that that stuff is applicable to 99% of anybody. I would rather an athlete be able to do 50 burpees. <laughs> There's a, a, a reason why I always say like we do, a lot of the information we get in, in the fitness world is trickle down information from professionals mm -hmm. and professionals who are getting paid to do a very specific thing mm -hmm. either to or with their body. And then we take that and apply it f to our overall fitness. So yeah, it doesn't apply. Like a lot of the stuff that a bodybuilder is doing doesn't apply to a regular person because we're not getting paid to have mm -hmm. that particular muscle bulge at right. this particular angle. When you hit this particular pose on this particular day on this particular stage, right. you get my point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for a majority of people, you don't even need weight. <laughs> yeah, You can just move, you know, lunges, walking lunges are brilliant. Um, yeah. Oh, body weight movements uh -oh, are, are the amazing. Bomb. And I, I think that that's where most, I mean, in the United States anyway, you know, not, to, not to go on a rant, but you know, the, the state of the health in this country is, is, the, is horrible. And so to, to assume that you need to go to a gym and throw metal plates onto a bar in order to improve your fitness is hilarious to me yeah. <laughs> when most people aren't even walking around the block every day. Like anyway. Yeah. Yeah, just simply getting off the couch is the is yeah. going to make more difference to your fitness. Kind of like what we were talking at the very beginning. Like if you're if you're sedentary, going for a walk is huge. Oh, it's massive. Like you don't it's 100 need to go increase. to the gym. Yeah, you're doubling your exercise. Um, but the, like, so one thing, I'm not uh, a CrossFitter. <laughs> Let me clarify that up front. Yeah. Um, I tried it, it. It was fun. I I I really think that the foundational concepts. And the workouts themselves, not how they're presented in a box or in a competition. That I think that's crazy. But just the the idea of some of those workouts are brilliant. Um, I, th I love it when an Ironman triathlete calls something something else crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, oh. no, I I look at it like they they don't they don't um, modify the load for your body weight, and that's crazy to me. I that see some crazy. of these guys; yeah. they're you know they're doing overhead squats with you know three hundred pounds. And I'm like, I can't even do a hundred pounds. <laughs> like that's yeah. insane to me. Yeah. I do overhead squats with a hockey stick. I Absolutely. don't actually load them because my, my mechanics is not good yeah. enough to actually load them. I have a 15 pound bar and that's yeah. enough for me. Um, but the, the, the idea too, is the speed, the, the speed concept where they do those lifts as fast as possible. I think, I don't think that's right. Yeah. At all. That's scary. Um, but you know, yeah. if you, if you step back and look, at certain CrossFit workouts or wads and just get the idea of what they're, what that is and that structure. It's incredible. A wad, just for those of you listening and thinking, Tim just said something really gross. It's <laughs> a workout of the day. Yeah. W O D an acronym for it does. It's such a gross like wad. But uh -huh. Anyway, that's what yeah. he's talking about. But the, the idea of it, I, I think is, is really great. And if you can modify that into something that keeps you entertained and interested and allows you to move and not be bored or intimidated. You know, you can do these in your living room and nobody has to see you. I think that's incredible. Um, far more entertaining in my opinion than going and walking on a treadmill for 45 minutes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So 
Unless you have a hockey game to watch. I do enjoy doing that. (laughs) But no, I think this leads really, really well into, aside from doing all of this racing and training and Mm -hmm. stuff for yourself, you also are a coach. Mm -hmm. And something you just said about keeping things interesting and entertaining and and stuff. First of all, I guess, why did you get into coaching in particular? And and then we'll talk about how you sort of, what your philosophies are in coaching. Yeah, so back in... I don't know, 2000, 2001, I was a poor struggling athlete and would work. Uh, I mostly worked in grocery stores. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, they paid really well. And I could also get the shift. Like I did the, the bakery um, mostly. And so I would work from 3 a.m. until, I don't know, 8 every day. And yeah. and then I could train through the day. Yeah. And and that got really old. And a, a friend of mine, a fellow triathlete, suggested that I come on board as one of his coaches. And so I started there. It was one or two athletes. And I just kind of dipped my toe in and started to get a feel for, you know, trying to guide athletes um, solely in triathlon. That was it. And it just kind of grew from there. You know, two became four and and on and on and on over the years. And now it's been 21 years. I remember a few years ago, we were doing a Ragnar race together in Southern mm-hmm. California. We were both sitting there with our laptops, taking care of our, our, our kids, you know, all the people we were coaching mm-hmm. <laughs> on online, all, yeah, all our little training kids. And uh, I think I had 15 or so athletes at that time. Mm-hmm. I, I think you had maybe 20 or something. Yeah, the 20 is a lot for me. I don't yeah. like going above that at all. <laughs> Yeah, I think rough. I got that high at one point and realized that it was yeah. really hard to keep that level of commitment to not only keeping everybody yeah. on a good schedule, but like you said earlier, keeping them entertained, keeping them engaged, like mm-hmm. keeping them doing things because it was exciting and fun and fulfilling, not because Brock told them to. Right, exactly. So when you, I know when you're looking at your own training program, you're, you're looking at things that you're really into at the moment and you do sort Mm -hmm. of like you have changed from extreme to extreme. How do you apply that? Or how would you tell people to apply that to their own workout regimen? The number one thing that drives me insane, (laughs) it's a pet peeve of mine, is when people look at training in this very narrow view of physiology, it says, you know, some guy in a lab coat testing <laughs> four people has determined that this level of running is the ideal. Yeah. And I'm the first question that jumps into my mind is what about their mental state? That's that's where I start. Just begin there. <laughs> so the the physiology is I mean, nothing's new. Everything that, that you can find to read about has been done for 40, 50 years probably. What varies is the mentality and the mental state of each person and coaching that first. Because the there's 10 different ways to get to the same result in, in exercise, right? If you want to yeah. finish your first 5K or finish an Ironman, it doesn't matter. I, you can put a bunch of workouts on a dartboard and throw a dart at them and they're all going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all work the same pretty much. But which one of those workouts is the athlete going to thrive the most on because they enjoy it? Or which one are they going to not do well at because they hate doing that workout? Or they don't have the confidence to do that workout yet? Or, I mean, it's just the list of mental um, things that can change that or just goes on and on and on. And then you back way up and you say that, well, now if you take a, you know, if you pull 10,000 athletes, Every one of them will be different completely. But the one thing that's constant, they're all their physiology is pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> and so why are we coaching and why are we looking at and studying the one constant that's the same always? Why aren't we focused more on the the part that's completely different in each person? And so I feel like coaching becomes more of a therapy, yes. mental psychological psychological therapy exercise rather than a physiological one kind of reminds yeah. me of that idea like you hear in medicine treat the patient not the disease absolutely yeah yeah and same with coaching i totally agree with every everything that you've said you need to find out first what the person likes what the person is doing already mm-hmm. and then i guess there's always the like what's your goal 
from from your fitness? Like, what are you actually trying to work towards? And and it can yeah, be fun yeah, to just absolutely. be more healthy or more fit, which I actually love it when people have that sort of a a philosophy of it. Is they don't they don't they're not looking to do something very specific. They just want to be a little bit better. Then you've got some wiggle room. But mm-hmm. those two factors are so much more important than than a lot of the other stuff that you just mentioned, like the lab coats and and yeah. all the studies and and things. Well, then you yeah you can also like break that down even more so if you have two athletes and they both want to run a marathon right well that's the goal but one of them wants to win and one wants to just finish right that completely changes everything (laughs) same goal same end goal which is a number which i hate um but their their mental state and what their expectations are completely blow everything out opposite ends of the spectrum Okay, I want to dig down on that because uh, we actually haven't brought it up yet, but Tim and I have done a lot of podcasting together over the years on a show called Endurance Planet, and we have a running joke that goes through that that mm-hmm. show quite often. But before we get into that, I'm going to just take a quick break and go and pay our membership dues. <laughs> you know why okay. I call it that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get it? You get mm-hmm. it? Go and pay our membership fees? Uh, I think I'm so clever. do you like to shop on amazon.com and enjoy supporting this podcast you do well have i got a deal for you if you start your amazon shopping adventure by going to brockarmstrong.com slash amazon i will get a small percentage of the money that you spend and the best part is that you don't pay anything extra this all comes out of their pockets take that Bezos. So next time you buy anything on Amazon, go to brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon and shop while also supporting this podcast. I truly thank you for being a listener and for your support. That's brockarmstrong.com slash Amazon. Okay, so I think it has actually come up in some episodes of this podcast as well, where I actually use the phrase, it depends when people come to me and say like, what is the best exercise for me to get fit or how can I Mm -hmm. lose weight or how can I put on muscle? And the answer is, is quite often it depends. And I think we were really getting into that just a second ago, but why is that often? And, and I stole that from you, like credit where credit is due that answer of it depends. Why is that such an important factor in, in fitness training? Yeah, it, I mean, everything, everything that you, that you do in life, it, it depends on, on all these variables. There's, there's almost never a, a cut and dry single answer. So speaking from a coaching exercise perspective, should I run three miles today? Well, <laughs> it depends. <laughs> what, what did you do yesterday? How tired are you? Do you have the time? Do you want to? Uh, how hard do you want to run? what are you going to do afterwards? There's all these Mm. qualifiers that always come into the answer. Um, And it it becomes very difficult on a podcast in particular, where you're not having a back and forth where you can't ask those questions. Um, If, if an athlete asks me point blank, should I do a long run tomorrow? I won't say it depends and just leave it at that. Like some snarky jerk. Um, It'll be, it'll be more, well, how do you feel? You know, are you, do you have any aches or niggles? on and on and on. Um, so the, the, it depends thing mostly comes up in the podcast where we'll get questions that are just impossible to answer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have, there, I mean, all of them pretty much very rarely does it, does it come down to a, a definitive answer? Um, and I think that, that it depends to me anyway, fits mostly into the psychological side. Should I do a marathon and, 12 weeks. I don't know. Do you want to? (laughs) Why do you want to do that? You know, do you have the time? Can you commit to it? It, it, Like that stuff. But if an athlete says, should I do 10 hill repeats tomorrow? And I feel great. I'll be like, yes, do it. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't depend. You can just go do it. It, it, You're fine. Uh, The the interesting thing is, is I think we 
apply the it depends just naturally to so many things in our lives like yeah should i eat a sandwich for lunch well it depends do you have bread do you have (laughs) are you actually hungry um so we naturally do that but when it comes to things like fitness we just want someone to tell us what to do right now just don't make me think just give me a prescription and i will follow it and yes and eventually stop doing it because it's boring and i don't enjoy it because <laughs> I didn't apply any of the it depends to it. So I think yeah. I, I don't want people to get the wrong idea that it's super duper complicated and you always have to be like, going, oh, okay, balancing the the perfect, getting the perfect workout based on all these factors. I think it's a lot more intuitive than that. Yeah. And we are able to apply that to other parts of our lives. But for some reason, for things like fitness, we really, and, and nutrition too, everybody just wants the prescription. Ugh. Just tell me what to do. They complicate it so much. Okay. So I think that's a lesson that we both learned as coaches, but getting back to your athletic endeavors. Mm-hmm. Now we started this whole conversation talking about how I just turned 50, you're turning 50 very soon. Mm-hmm. And you have these lofty goals. And I love that you and we didn't, I didn't actually bring this up, but when we were talking before the episode began, mm-hmm. we were talking about your lofty goals and how you're not just giving yourself days or weeks or even months to prepare for them. You're giving yourself years. Absolutely. So in terms of these athletic goals that you have right now, how are you approaching them other than giving yourself lots of time as an ad aging athlete? I'm going to say it. Yeah, definitely. No, I embrace that. I love it. I mean, the, the, the foundation of it all to me is to stay strong. Right. Um, one of my favorite quotes, which is from a, the me- meatiest meathead of, on the planet, a, a power <laughs> lifter. <laughs> um, anyway, he, he's quoted as saying, weak things break. Huh. Yeah. And I love that. It's perfect. And, and that's, that's true. <laughs> if, if something is weak, it's going to probably break. And so just my goals now, begin with that foundation, whether it be an Ironman or going and chopping wood or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, we have to have this foundation of strength and durability. And I, and those are synonymous in my opinion, like I alluded to before is, is durability. You can't train if you're not durable. That's such a great word. I love, I, I don't use that word enough, but yeah, durability. a goal in life should be to be durable. Durable. That's it. And it's such a, it's a vague and it's perfectly vague. Yeah. <laughs> durable. What do you mean? I mean, durable. Yeah. Durable in all durable. ways. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can go and do whatever I can sprint on the track tomorrow or I can run 20 miles or I can chop wood or whatever, you know, that's, and, and Tim does chop wood, by the way, everybody's yeah. not talking about doing some, uh, I actually really like the handsaw. I have this like mm-hmm. six foot long, big you know, the, the old timey wood saws. Yeah, the saws. ones that go like, blah, 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 like, yeah. Yeah. I have one of those. Oh, wow. Talk about <laughs> brutal. <laughs> it's just that motion that, that forward, back, forward, back. And anyway, I won't yeah. go into that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, just durability heading forward. And I think that everything, everything that you do beyond that just falls into place, right? Yeah. You can't sit there and say that I want to run 80 miles a week. You have to step back and say, am I durable enough first? <laughs> that will determine how much you can train. And that will determine how hard you can train. It'll determine everything. So, you, you know, an athlete picks a training program. Well, are they even able to handle that? I mean, yeah. Jack Daniels is a perfect example. And sorry, he's a... It's he's a Dr. Daniels. <laughs> he likes me to call him Jack. But... <laughs> <laughs> he was the guy who trained me. Uh, he was my coach certification. I took my my first coaching certification course from Dr. Daniels. Yeah, he's my go-to. He's the, he's the, the one guy that I've learned the most from throughout my whole running career. Yeah, he's a remarkable athlete himself too in the, yeah. In the past. Yeah, Jack's the man. Um, if anybody ever asks for any literature on, on running, it's Jack Daniels first. I'm looking at Daniels Running Formula book still sitting on my desk yeah. signed copy i'm looking at mine right now too all right i have one by my upstairs computer and another copy downstairs <laughs> okay so why why do anyway. both of us have that book <laughs> yeah so daniels if there's any if there's any downside to daniels and this pertains mostly to new athletes is that he does kind of launch into some intensity pretty quickly <laughs> mm. 
I've always kind of been down on that a little bit. So, you know, you do have to go into one of his programs kind of ready to hit it hard. And do you think that that is a bit of a bit of because of when he was an athlete? Very much so. It's an old school mentality. When we've become so much more sedentary, Mm -hmm. I think people's baseline fitness in his day when he was an athlete, when he was in his 20s, the baseline fitness was just so much higher because we we really are in like Katie Bowman, biomechanist Katie Bowman always says we're in a movement drought. I think that's right totally now. fair. I think that's absolutely fair. But it's not something just because that's there doesn't mean you can ignore it. So I would no. say that any new athlete, I've told athletes, like if you do the Daniels program, take that first base or what is it, build two, dial that back a little bit. <laughs> Because you launch into repetitions immediately and they're hard and they're big workouts, like 10 times 400 and stuff like that. But so the point of that, though, and in even your point of the sedentary aspect, it all begins with durability. Right. Right. Are you durable enough to, to train to reach your goal? And I'll tell you, if you're sitting in an office chair and you have to dial the lumbar support to maximum in order to. Yeah, you're not durable. No. And that's, and I don't mean that just in a, in a jerk picking on you kind of way, like take that as some evidence that you, you've got some mm-hmm. work to do before you, yeah, yeah. And, and before you can do the work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and durability is, is what's going to determine how much work and how hard you can go. You know, I see a lot of masters training programs. I just laugh at them. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I, I'll do, I'll double everything on there. Because again, that mentality of, you know, we're getting older, we need to dial it back, we need to be gentle, we need to, we need to, you know, don't go too hard. And it makes me so mad. And I think that's true for the, for the vast majority of the population. But for, you know, I I think there's a lot of, of misconception in there that as you get older, you'll have to go easier. But again, I, you know, I'm coming from a a point where I've always focused on, on being able to do, do that stuff that requires durability. So. Right. Well, that's just another factor that goes into the, it depends. Like mm-hmm. definitely there are people that need to, to take it easier and I wouldn't throw like a high intensity interval session at them. Although if it's based on perceived exertion or heart yeah. rate or something, I think that's perfectly safe to throw it at somebody of any age, but it depends on your entire history Mm-hmm. as a as an athlete as a human as a mover on this planet whether you can dial up all those workouts or if you need to really be be a lot more cautious mm-hmm. it's it comes down to that durability again and the good news is that you can increase your durability immediately um it, it's if you've never lifted by weight. taking this pill yeah <laughs> or buying ask this your doctor machine. if this pill's right for you no that's not what you meant <laughs> wait um, but yeah, it, now I'm, I'm totally off on a whole nother tangent in my head. Um, but <laughs> sorry you, about that. <laughs> if you've never lifted weights before or done any type of strength training or movement, you can make profound gains immediately. Right. I mean, and that's what frustrates me the most, uh, is that it's a choice and people are just not making that choice and they're paying for it. Um, and, and it's frustrating for me to, for an athlete to come to me. Um, I had a, an athlete come to me last year for Leadman, and it's a big ass race. And I told him I wasn't going to coach him until he was able to get strong enough for me to coach him. <laughs> and he still didn't do it. Like we started, he said he was, and I, I looked at his training and I'm like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll give it a shot. And he got hurt within a month. So it, it, it's frustrating. Like even when you have the choice and the options and you're motivated um, people still don't, they don't, they don't do it right. So I think there's a, a certain amount of, and I know I was joking about the take this pill or buy this device, but it's true That's that true. because that marketing is so pervasive, people do think they tend to, to lean towards buying a Peloton and mm-hmm. having it in their home and paying the membership fees and stuff rather than just doing some body weight squats and mm-hmm. making the, doing those, those things that, that we've been talking about that take you from zero to a hundred in, in no time at all. If you haven't been doing them and is totally free, you can do it anywhere. 
in, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't, I guess because it's not sexy, it's not shiny. Yeah, I don't understand what it is actually. Yeah. It's, it's very puzzling that the, the lowest hanging fruit is the last one to get picked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my mom is in that boat where she's, she's got some health issues and it, it stems around being sedentary and overweight. And I've tried to help her and she will make every excuse under the sun. Yeah. All the way down to mom, just go walk around the block and she'll make an excuse why she can't. It's mosquitoes. Oh, I don't have time for that. Or it's too hot. Hmm. Like we'll go super early in the morning. Well, there's more mosquitoes in the morning. We'll cover up. The weather thing drives <laughs> me and you crazy coming from places with very extreme weather. Yeah, totally. When people say like, oh, it's too cold. And like, really? Oh, crap. It is not. It, minus 50 is not no. too cold to go for a walk. I stood waiting for a bus when I was 10 at minus 50. So yeah, they, but people do. They make they they I don't understand what it is. And it's 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 interesting to me because it's it's a health crisis in the United States anyway, where. Oh, I think it's it's beyond the United States. I know it's North America, but it's also into into Europe and parts of Asia. Yeah, but I'm experiencing the same. I'm an American. I'm going to point out my own country's faults. I'm not going to point fingers at other people. So (laughs) I'll be I'll I'll be mean to myself. But fair enough. Yeah, it's a health crisis and it's the number one cause of death in our country. And it's preventable. Pretty easily preventable, actually. (laughs) But people aren't doing it. It's it's like if, if okay, stop eating so much. Or you're going to die. And they won't yeah. stop eating. Like, what is that? <laughs> I don't get it. And I and I have an addictive personality and I don't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting. There's so much more psychology oh, yeah. at play here. Totally. And, and I tend to, my go-to reason uh, a lot of the time, I mean, my sort of default position on this kind of thing is not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you. Ah. I think is the the better question to ask sometimes. Okay. So when you look at a population in general, like not what's wrong with them is, I mean, you can be really judgy and probably come up with some some reasons there. But what happened to us as a population that we have steered ourselves away from any sort of exercise? And I can't help but think that it's a lot of it started in like PE class or school in general, where you're forced to sit very still, that the only way you can get anything done is to be very still, very quiet. Mm -hmm. And then you go to PE class to like your gym class. And it's kind of punishment, you're humiliated Mm -hmm. constantly, you're actually like given laps if you're bad at it. And, and it's turned into a punishment. And we're just set up with such a bad relationship with movement and we can get into food too mm-hmm. but just in particular movement right from a, such an early age that I, yeah we start yeah. looking for pills and fancy gear and things that can can give us that one movement that can fill all of our movement needs while also continuing not to move right <laughs> right yeah and then then you're going to pile on the inter- internet the fact that we strive so hard to make life easy we develop all these technologies and these things to just simplify our life and make it easier when we should be going the other direction. Not going the other direction, but we should be striving to struggle. We should be seeking discomfort and we should be looking for some struggle in our lives. And challenge. Challenge same is thing. good. Yeah, that, that's what I would. Yeah, yeah same. I, I like to use the word discomfort and, cha- and struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, are we off track? Are we like off on a tangent now? No, I think, well, I think we are on a on a tangent, but I think one. it's a really important one. It is. Before we wrap things up, um, I think we may have actually touched on some nuggets along the way, hopefully, but mm-hmm. I've asked you to, to sort of come up with three nuggets that you would want to share with the listeners out there that sort of your oh. best advice or your mindsets or your mm-hmm. even workouts. Like if you've got a favorite workout that you think people could be doing yeah i don't think i'll give my workouts because <laughs> yeah no that's my, fair enough like my top three workouts if you don't want to do yeah. if you really want to see some crazy <laughs> workouts follow follow tim on uh, on twitter instagram. and instagram he posts them on there and it's uh <laughs> yeah sometimes i'm like holy crap like yeah, i'm i consider myself to be pretty fit but that would that would break me yeah spiritually not just physically <laughs> that's the goal actually i I did do one of my probably my favorite workout of those was was burpees, Bulgarian split squats and running 
I think it was running a 400 in between. So it was like run 400 and you, then you do burpees to failure. Yeah. And then you do Bulgarian split squats to failure. And then you run a 400. And I can't remember you do. There was no set time on the workout. You just go until you can't do it anymore. <laughs> and <laughs> it ended up being, I think I ran like nine miles and it was like 500 burpees. And I don't know, 500 Bulgarian split squats or something wow. stupid Jeez. like that. That is, yeah, that's, and it was, that does it was, fall into the stupid category. It was, but that's what I love. I love that challenge. I love the, I love the vagueness of it. And I, and I love the, just the, the, the type of fitness and durability that you have to have to do that is the goal. Yeah. Like you, you want to do something stupid. Yeah, I can do that. Well, that goes to the the discomfort and struggle. I guess that's exactly what yeah, you're talking seek about. discomfort. That's another one of my favorite sayings: is just seek, find discomfort, and g- seek it out, and then push that. Anyway, um, the 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 overall mindsets I think are, and it's going to sound maybe glib is the right word, but stay positive. Hmm. I, I I think that a negative mindset can affect us physically to the point where you know with depression and probably part of the food issue, um, with eating things like that. Um, the, the mindset is everything and just the simple idea of, of trying to, to stay positive is probably one of the bigger ones. Hmm. Um, and then strategies, I mean, there's a lot of strategies, but you have to find the one that works for you and is very realistic. You know, if you, if you want to start exercising and you want to start off by doing seven days a week, don't. That's a, that's a, a strategy that's setting you up to fail. And so find a strategy that you can succeed at somewhat easily initially, because you do need to build confidence, not break your confidence. Hmm. So I've told athletes before, if you want to, you know, a sedentary athlete, you're starting out, walk one mile this week. <laughs> that's yeah. it. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, just walk a mile this week. I mean, what, what are you in? Are you in a hurry? Like yeah. you want to get fit in the next six weeks? Cause that's not going to happen. You need to start in a place that, that sets you up to succeed continually over and over and over that big challenge and struggle and discomfort that comes later. Don't get ahead of yourself. Let's just set you up to be able to do that later. Well, um, and that's a sliding scale as well. Like what's sure. discomfort discomfortable <laughs> for Tim right. is like very different from what's going to be discomfort. Wow, we got to stop using that word. I thought it was funny the first time, but that's <laughs> what, <laughs> what causes discomfort in me is, is yeah. different. And certainly if you're just starting out, so it, yeah. since it's a sliding scale, you can actually still have that struggle and discomfort, but Absolutely. it's not, it's not from doing nine miles, 400 meters at a time with mm-hmm. 300 burpees in between. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the strategy is like I, 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 I was trying to say was find one that works for you. Right. Um, because we are all individuals. The strategy that I have for myself isn't yours and it's not the next guy's. Um, you need to find the one that, that fits you and you base that entirely off of your experience in your past. The recent past, the, the long ago past, all of that. Yeah. And set yourself up to f- succeed first. And that's real easy to do. We're, 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 we're very good at doing that. Right. Um, don't set yourself up to fail immediately. And, and that ties into the mindset thing where you're, you need to stay positive. And so the strategy that you do choose, it needs to be enjoyable first. And it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you want to just get in shape in a general sense, play shuffleboard, (laughs) do something. If you're sedentary, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Just have fun first. And then as that positive mindset and hopefully that lifestyle change and those habits become stronger and stronger, you can build onto that. Don't start with a fully built house. Start with a, a, with a very modest foundation. And when you say that you should enjoy it, do you mean like every minute of the workout should be a pleasure or I, is it okay yeah. to just enjoy the feeling after it's done and sort of See, I can't answer that, ah. right? Because the only thing that I'll, I can tell you that I enjoy the struggle. I enjoy the process of, of breaking myself. I love that. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I enjoy thinking about the workout, 
coming up with the most diabolical, evil crap I can throw myself into doing it and failing a lot of times. I fail a lot. And I love that process of failing and then using that as a springboard or more motivation to be better. And then after the fact, when I'm laying there in a puddle of sweat on the floor, just that feeling of of having done something that that most people haven't or can't. <laughs> I, I like all of that process. So for me to tell the, the, anybody out there that that's what you also need to strive for, no, I can't do that. So it, it can be entertainment. It can be pure entertainment. It could be fun as in just meeting up with a friend and going for a walk and talking about stuff. It can be whatever. <laughs> I, I love that. I've never actually thought about it that way, but it should be entertainment. It's, I think that is a a really big missing mindset from, from the fitness world is like, if you're going to be doing this for the like half an hour or 45 minutes engaged, it's entertainment. Like you're, you're entertaining yourself. So yeah, make sure that it is on the side of being Mm -hmm. fun, being distracting, being something otherwise, well, you're not going to keep doing it. Like, like watching a terrible sitcom you're not going to tune back in if it's not entertaining same thing with your workouts yeah the hack that that i found for that is i i cannot stand working out indoors i hate the treadmill and i hate the stationary trainer yeah um but i live in an area where the stationary trainer and the treadmill are kind of needed because it's it's incredibly hilly me too yeah and if i go any direction other than straight into the ocean from my house it is a very steep hill Yeah. yeah And and that's not necessarily conducive to to doing like an easy bike or an easy run. And so yeah, the thing, even an easy walk, <laughs> even an easy walk, exactly. Um, the thing that I've found is to find an audio book and find a book that is very engaging to or you. a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I get distracted on podcasts, and that, this is a personal thing. Yeah, I used to do the podcast. I, just, I had to say it. If you bring up audio books, oh yeah, sorry, plug. Endurance Planet to listen to, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Tim. <laughs> but I I find a really interesting book to listen to and I listen to the book. Yeah. I don't get on the trainer and bike and listen to a book. I listen to a book and then pedal while I'm doing it. <laughs> it's that order. <laughs> Fair enough. Because otherwise I will I I will get off the bike after ten minutes because I hate it. So I, I get on the bike and I listen to the book. That's it. And I ignore what I'm doing. <laughs> That's my entertainment part. I'm, I'm very weak when it comes to just training very easy. <laughs> I don't find that fun. Yeah, uh, that is a mindset that has really changed with me. I, and I guess as I've okay. aged or, or maybe just as, as my focus has shifted, like I really have absolutely no desire at this moment to do a race and even if I do do a race, it's going to be for a very different outcome than I did when I had coaches and Adidas sponsorships and, and mm-hmm. all of that stuff back in the day. Now, now it's for very different reasons. And I found with that mindset shift, I really enjoy just going for a three hour walk. Oh, I could not. You couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> but again, I guess I put on <laughs> podcasts and uh-uh. choose a really fun path like or walk along the beach for a while and then climb up a hill and why not run though you can get there faster <laughs> well that's not the- <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> just, just get there faster if you run really hard you'll you'll be able to do that three hour walk in 15 minutes <laughs> you know i was watching the 50k uh race walkers in the olympics yesterday mm. and man you know they, they could have got that done a lot faster if they ran Actually, yeah, no, they're not still doing it fast. They're still doing it fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. It was just under four hours and three fifty. Yeah, it's insane to walk fifty kilometers. But so your your example is is exactly what I was trying to say is to find the strategy that works for you. Right. And what you a three hour walk sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> <laughs> now halfway through, I do stop and get a burrito. Generally, uh, would that help? God no. <laughs> And so anybody out there that, that wants to begin or or do anything fitness-wise and they're not sure what to do, start with what you're interested in first. Yeah. And then everything else will, will follow that. Because if you're not interested and you don't like what you're doing, you're not going to continue to do it. Yeah. And that really is the, the overall goal. Like mm-hmm. just, you can't just get fit once and then no, no. 
and you're done. So <laughs> no. it's, you've got to have that strategy that that you you mentioned earlier of of really. I always like to ask the question, and then what? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to train for Ironman World Championships in Kona, okay, what what do you, what happens after that? What mm-hmm. then what? Mm-hmm. And the answer is like it's different for for everybody, but it's just it's such an important thing to to consider. Like I'm going to sign up for this yeah. 16 week CrossFit mm-hmm. package. Okay, that sounds that sounds interesting. But then what? Yeah, it, it, for me, it, it ever since after after Leadman in that last 100 mile run, it became for me personally entirely about being a strong, durable, older guy yeah. in that complete vague sense. And I'm happy with that. You know, I, that's it. I want to be able to do jump into an Ironman all of a sudden or jump on the track and run a fast 400 or do 500 burpees or whatever. (laughs) I just, just in general, when I'm 60, I want to do some crazy birthday workout that just, that's it. (laughs) Well, I, I, when we were still able to travel, we went to Scandinavia and rode our bikes through Belgium, Germany, Holland, Sweden, oh, brilliant. Denmark and stuff. And that was like, and I didn't have to train for it because my life is training for it. Mm-hmm. It was like, Hey, we can do that. Let's do it. Yeah. So we got the bikes and and we did it. And we went on a kayak trip in the, the North end of Vancouver Island for a few days. And you were fine. Yeah. Having that durability and having the the stability and the strength and the endurance and everything mm-hmm. just as a as a baseline. I love that my partner and I both can just be like, hey, that sounds great. Let's do it. Well, think about how incredible that is that you're able to just pick things like that and go do them yeah. where, you know, I, I feel like a mo- majority of people would look at that and be like, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I can't, nah. you know, yeah, so I think that is a that's a wonderful place to to leave off with the focus not necessarily being on trying to look like a magazine cover or trying mm-hmm. to have like we started off talking about big pecs and things <laughs> like that, but being durable enough to move through this world in the ways that you want to or you have to comfortably or that you have to. Sure. Yeah, walking downstairs when you're 70. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, my my brain went to like if you're in a plane crash or a fire in a building or something, but yeah, even just going down a flight of stairs. Oh, just sitting if you I you people watch, go to an airport or a big place and just watch an elderly person try to get out of a chair. That's a big deal. <laughs> you know, somebody has to help them just lift their own body weight. My probably my entire focus is this is just on not being that way. Or not being that way for as long as possible. Right. Right. Yeah. To yeah, to to be arrogant enough to say you'll never be that way is is naive. Yeah. Age is going to win at mm-hmm. some point, but conceding victory <laughs> too early is not the <laughs> not the goal. Go down don't go down without a fight. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Um I I'll put links to where people can find you in in with the the notes. Um, including the Endurance Planet podcast, where Tim is the second half of the Ask the Coaches show every few weeks, mm-hmm. and um, you've you've got active uh, mostly Instagram these days is probably the best place to follow you on social. Uh, I'm just not a social media guy. The only reason I use social media is to motivate myself to train. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I was like, wait, what? Okay. I was waiting for you to catch on for a second there. <laughs> No, I I totally you duped me. Yeah, no, I I do not like social media at all, um, <laughs> and I don't. I I've said that I need to post more about my training, hmm. and I just I just don't see the point. <laughs> yeah, it, it goes back to that whole what I'm doing. You shouldn't be doing. Like I don't want to get put ideas in people's heads by by example of of what I'm actually doing. Like what, like what we talk about here about staying positive and all that stuff is what I should be posting about. But mm. anyway, well, and anytime you put should in front of a sentence, then it's probably not what you should be doing. Right. I do post some good gifts though <laughs> on Instagram. There you go. If you want some good gifts, follow Tim on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, I haven't mentioned if you're looking for Tim and you good can't luck. find him, look for Lucho. Yeah, I try. I kind of hide. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on Second Wind Fitness and sharing your years and years and years of 50 years of wisdom. Thank you, Brock. I can I can say that because I'm technically older than you. Yeah, what's it like being 50? That sounds old. It's pretty awesome. I'll bet. I'll bet. I'll be there someday. <laughs> Wise guy. <laughs> All right. This is Tim Wagner and Brock Armstrong signing off from Second Wind Fitness. <laughs>